I've always, I've always said to quote the Lizzie McGuire theme song, we only do the best we can. Sometimes we make it, sometimes we fake it, but we figure it out in the end. Say that. I've been steeping in my feelings, I've been doing way too much I've been running around in circles trying to get back in touch With who I was before someone first tried to tell me Who I was So I'm a god and I'm a fraud, I guess I'm somewhere in between My cruelest thoughts about myself, a perfect recipe my brains is doing shitty things And oh, the kitchen's always such a mess I am such a mess I'm gonna fail, so I'll just flail Another test I couldn't pass Treading water in the deep end But it's all over my head I'm drowning here and feeling soup But I am doing my best I'm doing my best Again quoting that or the iCarly theme song I actually listened to that the other day and I actually <laughs> turned it off because I realized that Drake Bell was in that song and then I got triggered <laughs> I don't remember why he sucks and I don't want to you don't want to know yeah, yeah. no I know I rem- I know it's just buried deep in my brain um yeah it sucks that both of them really turned out shitty. Well, not, I mean, both of them as in Drake and Josh. Wait, Josh Peck sucks? I feel like I just don't like his vibe. Why does... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, yeah, he's a serial abuser. But no, Ooh. you're just like, I just, I'm not down with the vibe. I don't like his vibe. Every time, I'm like, I feel like he is just like, he does not pass the vibe check, in my opinion. So, oh. welcome to feelings. <laughs> Josh Peck, we don't know how we feel about Josh Peck's vibes. Welcome to Feeling Soup, a podcast hosted by me, Ellie Bell, and my co-host Sam Slupski, where we stew on and chew on <laughs> nuanced <laughs> conversations about feelings. Uh, behaviors that arise from our feelings, connection and love, mental health and intimacy, all through an anti-capitalist, anti-racist lens centering disabled, mentally ill, chronically ill and mad folks. Uh, okay, so let's get into it. What uh, What's our topic of the day? What are we talking about today, Sam? Um, well, we are talking about the internet and how we treat each other on the internet and how we... Um, you know, just like feelings that come up 
when we're on the internet and how those and when we're off the internet because of the internet yes yeah and how we have feelings when we're off the internet because of the internet and just all the internet feelings so content warning for dealing with like internet hate um online harassment you know we're gonna content warning for being internet haters yeah if you're an internet hater listen up Oh, no, I meant like, sometimes you're the hater. Like, haven't we all been well, I haven't really, I haven't really been a hater online. I haven't trolled someone. But I guarantee you that there will be people who listen to this who like, have been assholes online. Oh, um, yeah. Listen with an open heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I meant. Mostly. Uh, Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. It's gonna, it's, it's gonna be a time. Sam and I got into a long conversation about how, when the internet is really bad, you want to escape, and when things in the world are really bad, you want to escape, and the idea of white flight. And how a lot of people talk about wanting to build communes elsewhere and generally just escapist tendencies that come with a sort of privilege and then faded into kind of how that relates to the internet and the ways that we peruse and use the internet. White supremacy and capitalism like put all of our like nervous systems into like a state of disarray, state of fear, and like obviously that's on like varying levels like that's going to be experienced very differently by a white person than a black person or by a queer trans person than by a straight cis person or especially by like a trans black disabled person than like anyone else like all of these varying sectionality intersectionality (laughs) spongebob rainbow meme (laughs) yes Um, but like the thing is that it, that comes back to like the like connection versus like fear conversation. Everything always does for me, at least because like when I go into that space of like goth cottage core where I'm like, I just want to build my gothic little like cabin upstate and like live by the Creek and like, essentially madame zeroni it from holes like (laughs) i (laughs) no like i think about this all the time and it's like i also like grew up like upstate and in like quiet little areas where like you could quote unquote escape from society you know but it's like whenever i go into that (laughs) headspace i very much recognize that it is from a place of fear (laughs) and like i think that like for white people who are in the mindset of like cottagecore escape from society I want to just you know it's like the stereotype of like queer people who are like I want to build my own like queer commune and like go away somewhere but it's like okay that's coming from I do think in some ways that's coming from a place of connection but I also think it's coming from an immense place of fear and it's like what if we took that And we were like, like you were saying, like, okay, what would it look like to instead of like homestead and like, 
you know, do like essentially a type of like white flight and like go somewhere else, like with just like me and my partner or whatever, like what if like we just figured out how to reimagine the society that we live in and like, you know, build communities for the people we love and lean into like the connection of that. And I feel like that has to do with the internet because, because, well, because the internet has to do with capitalism and white supremacy and everything, but because like the way that, that we use the internet, we use the internet in like varying ways. And the ways we use it is like, you can use it for competition or you can use it for like collaboration and community. I also think that too, like it it ties into the internet because people who are like, who, you know, that, that, the idea of like white flight and people who do kind of go and do their own thing, whatever, and in in their little home study land in the middle of whatever, like they still theoretically have access to the internet and like, and I, and right, I, you want access. You want access to essentially all of the same privileges yeah. that you have access to. You just kind of want to opt out of the things that you don't like experiencing. But that's like such a privilege. And I think the people who like want to escape society and not be a part of it, like know how privileged that is I don't but, think some people do though I think some people <laughs> I really don't I think that a lot of people like I think that I think that people probably know that like they are I don't know I, I well this is maybe like I think that people think that they're lucky or whatever or you know but I think that people don't necessarily like I, I hear you know some people that I know that like do have like large acres of land or whatever where they will say like oh I'm so lucky and so grateful and it's like really like like insert I'm so privileged into that sentence and and right. see how your mindset shifts because like yeah I, I think that that because well, we don't want to think of ourselves as having something that other people don't yeah because that would like bring up shame And a a feeling of, like, badness. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That's that's interesting. Because, yeah, I definitely, like, I think a little bit about, I don't know, that that for me, that just kind of brings up the idea of, like, I don't know, people escape. I, I don't know. I can't resonate with people who want to go and, like, buy a huge chunk of land in the middle of like not a lot like where there is not a big like community or population because to me like the thing that I derive yeah like I threat like I love community I love being in community yeah I think a lot of people don't know what that means yeah and this ties back to the internet too because again the way that you and I think about the internet is as a tool for a community and many people think of it as I mean I do think that people want to use it as a tool for community right I don't think people necessarily have the resources to and are not taught how to create genuine intentional community because we at least here like in America and in specific parts of America especially um we're literally such a hyper individualistic 
culture. Like even like I think about certain trends that have gone viral in recent years, like um, I can't remember what it's called, but the concept of like, um, oh, I think like like platonic, um, what is it? Like platonic relationships where people like essentially like live with their best friends and like treat them as a partner. Oh, platonic partnerships. Yeah. Like that blew people's minds. And to me, I'm like- yeah like I feel like I just have a bunch of platonic partnerships and like we don't live together but it's like I want to build my life around my friends and the people I love and that concept is so bizarre and strange and foreign to some people that like again yeah this comes back to the way that people use the internet like it all comes back to like being about competition, about who can be the funniest, about like if you can one up someone on like a viral post, like if you can seem more original than someone. Um, a lot of people go to the internet and, and, and I'm I'm guilty of this too, of like when I'm on the internet, oftentimes I am dissociating. And so I think Yeah, and you're mindlessly scrolling. Yeah. And I think that because of that dissociation, I think that often like for me, when I'm dissociating, I'm mindlessly scrolling and like, that's my own coping skill to reckon with. There's like nothing wrong with it. You know, I just like that. But I think the thing is, is when we are dissociating and then like responding to you things. are internalizing stuff. Yeah. Well, yes. Internalizing stuff. But I, but, but what I mean is like when people are in that dissociative state and then are like, res- like commenting in that state, like they are not commenting or responding to things like on the internet in a grounded state. And so like, that is not going to like, not, you know, I I think that there's just something to be said about like, you know, in the same way that we can't necessarily respond in person to things from our highest selves, whatever you want to call it when we are dissociated, like dissociated. When you're, when you're being like intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't, and I've had to, I've had to set guidelines for myself that when I am in that state, if I am scrolling, I'm not allowed to, I don't allow myself to like make the TikTok. I don't allow myself to make the tweet. So something that I do like a practice that I have that I um, have had to develop over the years because I would find, um, myself like inclined to like post things without thinking enough if it's something silly or whatever sure I'll post it you know and it's whatever but if there's something that I'm really seriously thinking about and it feels like a really serious topic that has implications that has like a ripple effect I will draft up like a thread or a quote tweet or whatever and I will leave it for at least an hour, if not like a day or two days, and I will come back to it. And if it, and if I read it and I'm like, yeah, like this, this still, like I've processed this and this still feels like right to me, then I post it. And I've seen this happen to so many friends. And like, there are so many times when like, I'm just watching friends having a mental breakdown and like essentially like live tweeting it and they're being and they're being made fun of and they're being attacked and like it's just making it worse and I will always every single time I call that friend or I text them and I'm like hey seems like you're really going through it I want to support you what do you need can I help you log off do you want me to take your passport 
password, like what would, what would help in this moment? Because I can tell that continuing to post through it is really just like exacerbating this issue. And the thing is that there's something so addicting about like not even posting through it, but wanting to post through it. But then it feeds this cycle of shame where you feel humiliated because people like see that, but you like can't stop it. And it takes being in a grounded place and it takes having support and access to resources, like in order to stop spiraling. Yeah, I've definitely found, yeah, yes to all of that. I've definitely found that whenever I, because I am one to often go to my close friends list when I am spiraling. And, and, and I think something that I've had to learn is like, when I'm doing that, it is often because I'm operating out of fear, because it is way more vulnerable to text a singular friend and actually, yeah. like, hey, I really just need to talk through something right now. Because because whenever I'm in that moment, I always am like, Oh, I don't want to bother anyone. I don't want to I don't want to, you know, like be a burden when really like it's like operating from a place of worthlessness, right? That language of like being a burden. Yeah. Well, and it's also, but like really at the end of the day, like posting on close friends is not doing anything for me. And, and it's like, like that is not going to bring me the connection that I want because what's ultimately going to happen is just like, like there's, there's a couple of, of trains of thought here for me is that one, like, and I think a lot about this and, and this is maybe a longer conversation about like when you are posting on the internet, when you're in an activated state, especially when it's like a close friend situation where you're being a little bit more vulnerable, like being on someone's like close friends list or even like, like that's not a consensual thing. When I'm like ranting mm-hmm. on close friends, the people who are watching my close friends didn't necessarily, uh, like I try my best. Usually. But it, but it is Though I would counter that to say, because I've thought about this a lot, and I would counter that to say that it is still people's choice whether they click on that or not. And it's still people's choice to click away if they like don't want to see it. And I think about this a lot because all the time I'm like, I feel like posting and just being like, hey, if you're on my close friends and you like don't want to be like, let me know and I'll remove you. But I think the thing about me also is that I've like very finely curated my close friends. So it's like actually my close friends and they like care. But I still think, but all of that to say really is that like it, the more like the more acting in connection and like from that place of like actual vulnerability what what did we talk about like recently about- oh we talked about the difference between emotional transparency and emotional like vulnerability yeah. on my close friends I'm being emotionally transparent but it, it would be more beneficial for me to be emotionally vulnerable and talk to an, a friend text them and be like hey do you have a minute for a phone call or can I text you just a dump of what's happening and you can interact with it when you have the spoons to <clears throat> and and that this is yeah that's how yeah I, no this is actually something that I like really wanted to talk about because I was thinking about it when I was taking a shower today I was like I actually feel like most of the internet is people being um, being transparent and passing it off as vulnerability yeah. and like kind of like fooling each other. I do feel like I am like legitimately vulnerable in some ways online. But most of the time, I think that like, especially around like now it's like very popular and trendy to talk openly about like mental health. 
but people are still kind of like curating it online. And that feels so much like transparency as opposed to vulnerability because you don't want to be totally vulnerable because the people who are vulnerable are the ones who like get hate and get piled on. Like we were talking about earlier, the, the woman who like posted about enjoying the lovely morning in the garden with her husband. And it's like, everyone like attacked her and there was discourse about like, wow, what kind of person do you have to be to afford a garden and a life where you can sit in your garden in the morning with your husband? Like, Because people see like, oh, crap, if I'm vulnerable online, then like, I'm gonna get piled on because like, like, people are insecure in what they lack, and feel threatened by what they see someone else have. And so they will attack anyone who shows an inkling of vulnerability. And so it's like, we've all internalized that to some extent, to some degree, and like trained ourselves to be a curated type of like transparent online, but not necessarily vulnerable. I'm curious about your thoughts that this brings, brings me kind of to the the idea of you know, mental health and all of that stuff being kind of trendy. And it just makes me think about that trend that's going around about like, oops, got your coping skill. And like, how <laughs> that is like, in a lot of ways, like people being like, Oh, look at this thing. And it's like, maybe a little like, this is my toxic trait, LOL. Like, you know, but like, when really, like, I think people are like, like that, that quote unquote vulnerability is like being not only like, is it it turning into again it's like being memefied it's okay but this is this is the thing this actually reminds me of I feel like the thing that happened um it was like I don't want to say it like started here but the the biggest association I have with it is like on Tumblr in like 2010 2011 the trendy thing what the Tumblr kids rise up Oh my god, I thought you said something about Homestuck and I had like a war flashback. Let's no, no, we're 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 moving away from it. That is a very specific part of the internet that I do not wish to talk about. But I remember that on you can Google it later. <laughs> I can't believe you were on Tumblr and you we were maybe on slightly different parts of Tumblr. Um I was on many parts of Tumblr. Um, No, it reminds me of the thing that became like very trendy on Tumblr in like two, maybe like 2010, 2011 um, when it was like, being being self-disparaging being self-deprecating but in like a in like a shit posty like sarcastic way and kind of like oh I hate myself and I'm like angsty but like haha in a way that I can make it funny for you and like that so obviously to me even then I was like oh this is like a coping mechanism to like not deal with the very like real emotions you have about stuff and be like, haha, see, I'm like shaming myself, but also it's funny for you. It's content. And that I think is like now being replicated in a different way, in a different era, like on TikTok, on like Twitter, in general mainstream places on the internet, where there is this whole like pop psychology type trend of like, 
almost like being self-disparaging and admitting your flaws in kind of like a cruel way towards yourself, but as like a funny thing, as like a meme, as a shit post, but also being like, look, I'm taking accountability. I know my like dark side. And it's yeah. like people talk about shadow work and all this stuff. But like <laughs> what it comes down to is that like, wh- like no, from a har- from a harm reductionist point of view, some people like people are going to drink, people are going to do drugs, people are going to scroll too much on their phone. Um, And like, I guess technically some of these are like worse for you than others or whatever. But it's like, they are all they are all coping skills and everything in moderation. Sure. But like, what are how is it going to help you to grow out of a coping skill that you're maybe not proud of or you know isn't the best for you to disparage yourself or to shit on yourself yeah this like uh, this is like a kind of a trigger warning for self-harm stuff but it made me think like back in the tumblr days like like i used to self-harm uh a lot and (laughs) and and like on tumblr like that was something that i talked about and would like like that and in that kind of like shit posty like trendy way because lol remember when that was wrote like wrote but up. making memes shit talking yourself is is exactly. also a form of self-harm that is a form of self-harm that's, yeah that's what i was gonna say is like like yes okay i experienced this but like being like this kind of goes this goes into the conversation about self-compassion it's like being an asshole to myself around the fact that I was doing the best I could with the tool I had at the time is not actually helping me. Like again, like going back to that thing about like, it's like, it's like fake. It's like radical honesty. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that you said earlier about like, is this an opportunity to fix like that? The mindset of like, is this an opportunity to fix and like shifting to like, this is an opportunity to grow like I think that internal dialogue that is that is self compassionate is what helps us like go further into that growth because that's what I needed whenever like I was in the depths of my self harm like I didn't need fixing I've, I've written about this so much like I didn't need fixing I needed tools and resources and community to help me grow and I think that is like so much of the missing piece like that's the nuance that's lost but you also Yes. And that's, that's totally right. But it's also like, you need to be able to sit with your feelings about who you are or what you're doing or what you're experiencing and move through them and process them instead of judging yourself or intellectualizing it. And that is the most difficult thing. I think that is so probably something I'll be working on for the rest of my life. What I am actively working on right now is when I feel a difficult thing, not like creating a story about it, not judging myself, not being critical of myself for feeling it, just sitting here and being like, okay, I'm feeling this hard thing. It feels bad. And just like sitting with it instead of being like, 
wow, man, I can't believe that I'm a piece of shit because I'm feeling this when I should be doing like X, Y, Z or like, wow, I'm like having a hard time and I'm scrolling TikTok instead of like doing X, Y, Z. Like, how is that going to help me? How is that going to help you? And the thing is, I don't actually think that people do it because they like want help or want to fix themselves. It's kind of just like the why why does it feel so or like, why do you keep like hitting yourself because it feels so good when you stop or whatever? Like, I just think it's like, it's an involuntary, like, reaction. It's a very human, I won't even attribute, you can't really even attribute it to like, mental illness or PTSD or whatever. It's not something you can pathologize. It's an incredibly human thing to do to disparage yourself. Because we have internalized that, you know, maybe the harder you are on yourself, like, the 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 better you're you're gonna get or something and it's not true yeah I like I want to pivot and I want to hear about um like a time where you experienced those big feelings about something on the internet that like you feel like that you like the way that you handled it or worked through it um in in a way that you're like proud of I'm I'm curious about that moment (laughs) um most of the time most of the time in the last few years because I have developed uh a way of handling being online where now I'm just like okay cool I'm having a really bad time or someone's piling on to me or or whatever I'm getting hate in my dms that I can't deal with I'm like I'm gonna log off but a few weeks ago, it was like, I think it was like the first, like maybe the first week of January, we we went viral the same weekend, I think. And um, I had like, it, I had truly just like, t- in two seconds, just like saw someone's TikTok watched it and was like, okay, cool. I have a different take on this. And I, um, I stitched it and I do recognize that maybe I, I should have like changed like my language a little bit, but it was just completely misinterpreted. And essentially it was a person, um, saying that, they are, they're a sober person. I'm a sober person, but they were saying they're a sober person and they don't want to hear people like saying that they're trying out sobriety. They like don't want to hear their stories or whatever. They just like don't want to hear it because it's, I think it was like a trigger for them or something. I and maybe, TikTok, by the way, I did not see your TikTok because I think you deleted I, I ended, I ended up deleting it because I was like, I just, don't need to deal with this. And I'm not going to like let people online who don't know me make me feel like shit about myself. I'm just going to delete it and like move on and like rant to friends about what happened and like log off or whatever for the weekend. But um, you say one word that people don't like and you are getting hundreds of DMs calling you a narcissist and like a horrible person and all of this stuff. And so I basically just, I made a video where I was like, yeah, um, I totally get that everyone has their own thing, but I disagree with this. And I personally um, am different from this person. And I would love to hear your sobriety stories. I would love to hear why you're trying sobriety. I want it to be an open conversation. Um, because 
Um, you know, I think that the more we can talk to each other and the more people feel like they have access to community that's willing to talk them through navigating sobriety, then yeah. the more people will feel like capable of like starting that journey or like dipping their toes in or whatever. And it was truly like, I wasn't saying anything bad. I, I should, I guess I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have used the term. I disagree. I should have just said I'm different from this person, but it was literally one line. It was such a respectful TikTok. It went viral and I got hundreds of like comments and DMs and I had to make everything private and people were commenting on other videos and I had to go private and just log off for the weekend. I could not use TikTok because everyone was like literally just calling me a narcissist and telling me that I was like a horrible person. But I'm proud of myself for the way that I handled it because like you were saying before, what I did was I made a bunch of drafts where I ranted and I like vented about like why the situation was upsetting and like my like point of view and all this stuff. And, and then I like logged off and I like texted some friends and I like went for a walk in the park with some friends and we talked about other things and we grabbed coffee and we sat outside and like, I can't remember what else I like did that weekend, but it's like, I literally just, it also made me really sad because like there were things that I wanted to post on TikTok that I like wanted to make. And like, it does make me sad when I have to like take a step away because I'm like receiving so much harassment and being on a platform at all is like exhausting. But I was proud of myself that I did that. And then I came back and I like processed a lot of like the anxiety and stress from that. And then I did like a similar thing to what you said you did before, where I made a video when I was in a grounded place about what it looks like to make mistakes and forgive yourself and not live in that shame of like, oh my God, I made a mistake. I'm a horrible person. I am what everyone like says I am. And to trust myself to make those mistakes and learn from them and figure out how to behave differently or how to safeguard myself or whatever. But like, it's taken me a really, really long time to put those practices into place because the internet is such a triggering place and because it is so triggering none of us were meant to absorb thousands of hate comments from people we don't know telling us like the things that we would never want to hear about ourselves that even though even if we know it's not true like it it's it's really horrible to hear that it's like we weren't we weren't made for that and so of course like it's it's going to be really hard to not want to like bite back and like make videos, correcting things and like comment and whatever. But, but it's taken me a long time, but I've finally gone to the place where that type of thing happens. And I'm like, cool, I'm logging off. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That like is so frustrating to me because I think like the, the culture that like we can't disagree with one another, like there's a, there's a difference between like, disagreeing and like like that sounds like such a like republican thing to say like we have such a culture where we can't disagree with one another and it's like there's a difference between you disagreeing with someone about a a a, like framework like a a, a the thing is that the way that people disagree with each other online is to automatically turn things into an attack as opposed to a conversation Yeah. yeah like 
like, yeah, I definitely fully disagree with racism and homophobia. And like, I disagree with Republicans. Absolutely. Yes. And I that yeah, but, but I you're also, not going to seek out their videos and comment on them and like start yeah, shit with them. Exactly. And like, also, I think too, like, it, what it like, I don't know, not like, obviously, I didn't see the video, I didn't see the situation. But like, if there's an in that situation, like, I do think that people need to realize like, you can have it be going through a similar experience. Like for example, you can be both sober and experience sobriety and community within sobriety differently. Like, and, and for, to like, to then like be like, yeah, like I do disagree with this. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that that's the thing that is so frustrating is that it's like, if you do say you disagree with someone, people do take that as an attack. And I think, like, it's not only, like, people attack, but I think people are on the defense that they're going to be attacked. And I think that's that says so much about the culture of the internet that has been created. The thing that I don't understand is, is being so devoted to someone you don't even know online that you're just following that someone says something against them, quote unquote, and you immediately go to that other person to attack them. Yeah. I don't think that there is anyone that I follow online, even friends of mine, that if they like, I don't know, said something, if someone said something like bad about them, that I would go like flood that person's messages or whatever or comment on all of their videos because you would never we talked about this a few weeks ago when this was happening and we were just like talking to each other as we were like going through it both like dealing yeah. with like bullshit viral videos is yeah. I was like that is nuts behavior that you would never do in person if someone like said something well I guess some people would but like uh -huh. if someone said something like mean to someone else like in a cafe would you then chase that person even if it was really bad would it be appropriate to chase that person down the street and follow them to their home and throw eggs at their window and you don't know either of these people? Like, if you wouldn't do that in real life, why is that how you behave on the internet? And it comes from a place of, I don't know, like, I think, I don't know where it comes from, but it feels like it comes from a place of, wanting to be correct, wanting to be right, wanting to be seen as good, wanting to be seen as like on the right side, as opposed to like, I don't know, like it, it kind of feels like virtue signaling to me in a way. It mostly just feels like a waste of time. Like anything where we're like attacking each other honestly feels like a waste of time because we could be moving towards solutions. We could be trying to understand each other or we could log off and go spend time and energy on people who we know and love and pour our energy into that. Yeah. I like, I have a, I have like not fully thought out feelings about the like idea of discourse <laughs> um, because like I, I've even just like this last week, I've seen like a lot of different quote unquote discourse happening. And, and I think it's really interesting that like someone will say something and then like, you you will see another creator or whatever create a video that you are almost 
positive was inspired by that original video but they're like not directly saying it in that video. And so there's like that. Oh, I like never know what's going on in oh, these terms. And I'm so grateful. I am probably too online, which is why I know. And I like, I don't know. I, yeah, I just like every once in a while I'll see that. I'll be like, okay, I'm pretty sure that this is in response to this. And I think it's kind of bonkers that like, like maybe they are having their own conversation, but also if someone is posting like back and forth like that, there's probably not like an in- interpersonal conversation happening. There is just like this parasocial conversation happening where everyone is able to like, I don't know, comment on it. And it just like, I feel like it doesn't actually. But the whole thing about the internet is that it's people reacting to each other and projecting onto each other. Yeah. whatever is happening in our lives yeah instead of like connecting with each other I've gotten to the point where I just log off if I yeah if I feel myself or am watching other people project yeah. too much onto each other so that said my question for you <laughs> is what is a time on the internet where you you had big feelings about something that happened to you on the internet and you handle and you reacted to it or responded to it in a way that that didn't doesn't feel aligned with who you are or who you want to, to be yeah yeah I think that like something that comes up for me is that often um well first I am not a person generally that uses the comments section unless it's to like hype up. I thought you were going to say I am not a person and just stop there. Well, I feel like that a lot of the time. Um, But I, yeah, I'm generally. And I was like, you failed, you failed the capture test. (laughs) Oh shit. I'm a robot. Um, Yeah. I, I generally am not someone who, who utilizes the comment section very often, unless I think something is like very funny or if I'm hyping someone up. That said, I think something, a, a, a growth spot for me is whenever I see something, especially in like mental health discourse <laughs> on the internet, um, like there's a lot of things going on, uh, going around, um, around, uh, again, it because I am an ex-wellness girly, anytime I see something that uh, kind of activates that, that identity that part of my identity that it had has existed before um like I am I will post reactively often and and I think like you know sometimes if someone if I see like like there's a a couple of examples like um like is this recently too this still happens um every once in a while yeah uh like I think I'm trying to think of like one of like okay uh one this is not the most recent one, but there have been times where like, um, I think one of the first times I started kind of talking about medications on Instagram when I was first going on my like medication journey. Cause again, I used to not take medication for various reasons that I'm sure I will talk about more on the podcast, but, but like I saw, I think probably an article or someone post be like, you know, you just need to heal your gut. <laughs> that is always the, the the recommendation is to heal your gut. And I'm just like, and and I have posted on my stories before going on just like these 
fucking rants being like, here is like all of the. Oh, no, I have seen one of these recently. (laughs) And I think I just like texted you and I was like, get off the Internet. Hey, (laughs) are you okay? And I just get so and it's basically anytime I see a friend post something like this publicly and I can see that it's only making them more and more activated, I'm just like, hey, yeah, I get Yeah. So I get like really activated when I feel when I like because I, I do identify that it comes from a an un like it is attacking a place, not attacking, it it is touching a tender point in my existence that I'm still working on healing and working on like and it's way harder to sit with that yes and and just like sit with it and process it alone when you have an entire audience that you know will not only listen to you but like validate you and that's the toxicity of the internet yeah and so so yeah that you know if it's not meds, I've done it before with like people, like certain things that people have to say about OCD. Like I get really fired up when I see like the stigma of mental health disorders or whatever being perpetuated. Like that is a, a tender point for me. And like, there's a lot of things that I need to like, yeah, they're just, it's hard for me. I I used to go on threads about this all the time on Twitter and I still do that sometimes, but again, I only do it when I'm like, I have, I've saved this as a draft and I've thought about if I need to post this. And honestly, most of those things are still in my drafts because then I realize that I can have a, a constructive conversation with a friend about this. Like, you know, I, I could text you and be like, oh my God, I saw this really bogus thing about like OCD and it sucked. Or I, or I can write an article and I can get paid. That's the thing is I think that the, the, the growth spot for me is that sometimes I feel like I put, I think the thing that what the way that I'm not really proud of it is that like, I tend to exert my energy in ways that are not actually serving my higher values because but we but we all do that and the internet encourages us to do that absolutely so like so I think there's like a nuance of like yes like sometimes like there I have I have screenshots of messages of proof that I know my advocacy and my the things that I talk about on the internet do matter and have influenced people in a in a positive impactful way and I also know that sometimes screaming into the ether is not where I need to direct my energy. And I think that is where I often and sometimes have- it makes you feel worse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and then I'm depleted and can't actually take action that would feel nourishing or nurturing. And so I think that's what that is usually what happens when I'm when I'm in an activated space, do a dump about it on the internet, and then I'm like, that actually does not feel good. And then the worst part for me is when I have to reckon with all of the DMs about it. And then I'm like, oh God, I don't actually want to have a conversation. Because then you're like done with it and you don't really want to talk about it anymore. Or you only want to talk about it with trusted, safe, familiar yeah. people yeah. who you know you can have a constructive conversation yeah. with. But then you have all of these DMs and people like expect you to carry on the conversation yeah. that you like started or continued and you don't like have the space for that. Yeah, like so- this has been happening to me at 
as I've like gone to like posting more on my like public Instagram about like mental health stuff more so than like Twitter, because I kind of like that I can like comment on videos and stuff. But then it's like people respond to me, and they want to have conversations in my DMs. And I just like don't have the energy for it. But then I'm also like seen as rude for that. Oh yeah, but, it, but that that brings me to a point about how the internet is extremely one sided. It is a place that encourage uh, encourages us to not have conversations because we don't have the energy for it, but to just post our thoughts and leave. Well, I think too the the reason why like that one sidedness, and I think the reason why it can get so exhausting, and we don't have energy, is because there is no mutuality in it. It is very much like having a conversation about something that it hits a tender point for you. When you are in a connected, grounded conversation with someone, there is mutuality there. There is like, a there you're like committed to understanding each yeah. other. And yeah, and that no, and the whole internet is, is, is not set up for people to understand each other, like at least like social media, yeah. like, you know, it's people, it's people talking at each other. It's people thinking that they are correct. It's, 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 uh, oh my gosh, what it, I thought of another phrase. Cor- it's like correction culture. And like, um, oh, there was another CC, but it's like correction culture over, um, uh, curiosity culture over understanding each other. And it like inflames our nervous systems. It yes. floods our nervous systems. And then like, we feel worse and like everyone feels worse. Like, mm-hmm. and the way I try to use the internet and the way that I often see people not use the internet is like, just, just talking at each other instead of, like I, I try to be like, okay, I want to talk with people. I want to engage yeah. with people. And if I find myself moving towards talking at people, yeah, I log off. But it's like, I think about, um, oh, you said you haven't, you said you haven't listened to conversations with people who hate me no, by I Dylan Marin or read the book. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend that everyone listens to the podcast, Conversations with People Who Hate Me and reads the book by Dylan Marin, who is a writer and influencer and creative all around, like really awesome person and has like so many good insights, but he started a podcast called conversations with people who hate me and then wrote a book um, of the same name that is basically all about, he like takes people who left him extreme hate comments Mm. on his like videos and this was back in the day when like I mean I guess not back in the day because YouTube is like still a thing but it was when like peak like YouTube culture and um he would and he would get like hate comments from people like calling him like uh anti-queer like slurs and all of these things and saying that he was like the type of person who was like ruining this country and he and he instead of he like did originally come from a place where he like clapped back at them and was like attacking them and then he was like wait what if I like ask them why they wrote this to me 
What if I ask them what they were feeling or like what their thoughts are, or if we can have a conversation just human to human. And I love that because I feel like that's the place that I most frequently come from when people are trying to fight with me. I just innately come from a place where I'm like, I'm not really interested in fighting. I want to have a conversation with someone. I want to understand and be understood. And the internet is not the place for that. But he did this incredible thing where he started this podcast where he literally just like has conversations with people who said Mm -hmm. horrible things to him and he treats them like humans and they end up having really good conversations. And he wrote this book about like the ways we talk to each other on the internet. And I just agree with most, if not all of it, because it really is about how like we forget in that moment when we're activated about something that there is a human on the other end of the screen who is going to read that, who is going to feel something about that, who that thing you said might keep them up at night. It might cause something for them. You never know what's going on in anyone's life. But in that moment when we're activated and flooded with emotions about something that makes us angry online, we say the cruel thing because it's human to do that. And it's human to forget that there's a human on the other side of the screen. Yeah. I think a lot about like, like whenever my, my TikTok went viral, like for context for listeners, like I posted, there was like a, a, a trend going around people posting fo- like a little photo carousel video thing of like moments of your wedding that you're still in love with. And I had a very non-traditional wedding. And I posted like pretty much the, the, the like most untraditional parts about my wedding and used the word partner to, des- to describe my husband because he is my partner and my husband. And also like at first glance. Spoiler alert, Sam is gay. Gay. I'm gay. Um, anyway. I'm uh, also married to a man. These things can exist simultaneously. Yeah. And, and there was just like comments like, being like, like people there, you know, those, those comments where people put things in quotes that like, and are like trying to say that like, they basically are putting words in your mouth. People, people seeing something for, from you for 60 seconds and deciding they know everything about who you are. And basically there were like a lot of comments being like, Oh, tell me you want to be gay without telling me you are like, with like you basically being like, you're not really gay. Like, People are just calling And the thing is that most of these people are probably like 15 year olds. I don't even want to get into that, but yeah, <laughs> like that's a, I mean, that's a whole other thing that I have a lot of feelings about, but um, yeah, just like a lot of people. And then like when I, I, I did, when I was in my activated state, I did clap back to one of them and be like, actually I am queer. And then this person clapped back and was like, the fact that you feel like you have to defend your queerness says a lot. And I was just like, I don't, I don't understand. And so then I just deleted the comment and, but, but I got a lot of comments that were just like questioning my queerness, saying that I'm not allowed to use the word partner that just like really were being like, and, and the thing that sucks and the thing that sucked about it and why it took up my entire brain space for that weekend is because like it spoke to things that like it spoke to my insecurities. Like I already don't feel queer enough. I know that when I'm out in the world, I exist with a level of privilege and safety because I am married to a white man. And like, 
I, that is both like, and because I, people are going to perceive you as like essentially a, a white, like straight woman. Yeah. And that's not on you. That's on society and the way that like people have internalized what it looks like to be right. XYZ. Yeah. But like, it still sucks because you feel the effects of that in a way that does invalidate who you are and what your lived experience is. Yeah. yeah like, like I don't, I don't say that like privileged parts would be like, oh, woe is me, because like I, I, I get that there is safety in that, but it, again, like yeah, like you just said, it, it does. Like I have done so much self invalidation of my own queerness and spent so long being like, I'm not queer enough, I'm not non-binary enough, I don't feel like I fit into this community, and and so those all of those comments like made me spiral, be like, oh shit, like am I allowed to to be in queer spaces, you know, like it, it, like it just, it, it fed into all of that. And eventually I did turn the comments off, even though people not only came to other videos at some point, but like a couple people came to my Instagram and I'm like, if you would look again, two seconds into the actual work I do, you would know that what you're saying is bonkers. <laughs> but it's also like there is no winning with people who are Okay, the the biggest thing that I have learned in my life, and this applies not just on the internet, in fact, most of the time it applies in my real life offline, is that you simply are not going to win and cannot argue with people who are committed to misunderstanding you. Yep. Because no matter what you do, like I've been experiencing this in my real life offline, a lot recently there there is a person who is committed to seeing me a very specific way and as hard as that is and as much as I want to like fight to or not fight but like push back to like change that perception of me which is a trauma response thank you mom and dad um (laughs) thank you so much for giving me this um as much as I want to like fight or, or, you know, um, fawn or like do something that will convince them that I am the person I am, as opposed to who they're committed to believing I am, it's not helpful. There's nothing that you could do. There is no right move you could make to convince anyone who's committed to misunderstanding you to see you for who you actually are. And so especially like on the internet, when we're dealing with strangers, literal strangers who you're probably never going to meet, that is like, it's kind of like you have to pick and choose your battles. And I'm not like a huge fan of the language of like fighting, but it's like, you do have to pick and choose what you're going to give your energy to. And at the end of the day, like it is a form of self-harm also to fight with people on the internet to try to prove you are who you are because what you actually need is the people in your life who know and love you, who are committed to understanding you, to seeing you, to watching you grow and who already like, yeah, are committed to to understanding you. But the internet encourages us that that for likes and for attention and for whatever we need to argue with each other to prove something I also the thing that I the most frustrating thing too with that is that the comments like you like 
the the character limit in comments do not allow for nuance or for full personality or full context. And so right. you need a 3000 word personal essay to like defend your queerness. But then it's like, if you need the 3000 word personal essay to defend your queerness, like that has to be for you to state who you are, not because you need to prove it for anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It just like made me think of like, even when I was trying to be like the most succinct and just being like, Hey, actually this is inaccurate. Like again like that person was misunder like was committed to misunderstanding me or you know likely was operating out of their own insecurity and like there was a part of me that wanted to be like hey like if you're queer too like we're in this together you know like like I don't know it yeah it just like it's everything about like I I rarely scroll comments because I know that it will um put me in an activated state and and like I, I, I feel like a, a brief like thing is like I, I just like I can't bring myself to not see the nuance and complexity of someone's experience. Like I like I know that what I'm seeing on the internet is not the full picture, and I guess I don't understand that disconnect of like why. Like what? It's it's context collapse. Yeah, like like I talked about that thing earlier. Of like we are all walking around with a context backpack, and like you can't like yes, I know you can't physically see a backpack, but like use your imagination. And like literally, we're all walking around with one. And like if you if you just go through the world and realize that everyone has something that they're carrying with them, like. I don't like I know that's such a cliche but like literally like you don't know what you literally never know what someone is going through you like, just literally don't people online because I have a large platform and I have been vulnerable over my time online and I have talked openly about some things like people who literally do not know me at all have decided that they know me and that I'm not a private person and that they know everything about my life. And I have always had to be like, look, I post 0.0002% of what's going on in my life where yeah. I had at any given time. Yeah. And there is so much that you don't know. This even happens with friends. Like I think the internet just is all about this like context collapse. The internet makes us bite-sized and tells us that we can know everything about a person, right? That we can know everything about a person from the five tweets they posted this day, or that we know everything that's going on in someone's life just because of like, even like close friends on Instagram or whatever. And it's just not true. And this has happened to me, even with friends who have been like, oh yeah, like, you know, like people will assume like, oh, I don't need to catch up with this person because I know what's going on in their life because like follow each other online and it's just like not true I would just like never assume that I know what is going on in someone's life because of like what they post but like we do collapse each other into I think that's the thing that like drives me really nuts about the internet is that like we collapse each other into one dimensional one dimensional one pixel one avatar versions of ourselves to feel like we understand each other and to feel like we're connecting but it's like actually the opposite of connection and that's why my my practice that I'm most dedicated to is like 
calling my close friends as often as I can or like texting them or planning something in person when I can. Most of my friends like live scattered across the country and world. So that's not like that's easier said than done. But carving out that time to actually catch up with someone instead of just having that um, false sense of closeness based on what you see online. I have to say, like, that's definitely something that I'm not always good at. And also, like, I think, I don't know, sometimes I I fear that because I am so vulnerable on the internet that people do, I don't know, that this is, like, kind of a messy thought and not fully thought out, but we're here to be messy. Um, we're here to be messy and human. Like, we're here to live in the feeling soup. Yeah, like, there's, like, that whole concept of, like, you know, this the, the flawed concept of like check in on your strong friend or whatever and oh yeah and then I also think about how like I have been thought of as the strong friend in a lot of situations and also the person that because I do post on the internet like I don't know the vulnerable person who's it. always going through it yeah like the thing that I want to say is that I think that a lot of people see me as someone who is always going through it so therefore, like, it, it, any check-in is going to be, like, maybe a moment where I need support. And, like, I have a, I hold a lot of shame around that because I definitely, like, wish that people would reach out to, like, that would just, like, text me more. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. There are just, like... I text you all the time. <laughs> like, basically, anytime you post something where you're like, I'm having a hard time, I'm like, I'm yeah. not going to respond to this, like, on Instagram. I'm yeah. going to, like, text them and yeah. be like, hey, what's say, up? What's the actual thing happening here? Yeah, this is not necessarily, like, a current thing, but that's this is how I felt. I have definitely felt it in the past of being, like, especially when I was really at the height of, like, being super, like, kind of dumpy on my close friends like I again like it goes back to like I was it was a uh what's the term um it was like a hold on let me get this let me get this word from my brain um it was was a bid for connection that I was like hoping for but I do but here's the thing here is my like my my thought about things like close friends is I don't actually feel like it's bad. I've definitely changed my relationship to like how I use it because I did realize that I was like relying on it too much instead of in ways that were like hurting me or affecting me negatively instead of was just like reaching out to friends yeah. like um directly. But I don't actually think I feel like at least from my experience, when I've posted to like close friends when I'm having a really hard time, it is a bid for connection. And it's not necessarily out of fear because I'm like, oh, I, you know, don't want to reach out to someone directly that's too vulnerable. It's kind of about like, I don't know who has the capacity to like that handle that right now and I don't want to text like every single and sometimes I don't know who I need to or want to talk to about it specifically until I talk to that person and so it's kind of a way of like casting a fishing net and being like hey you're the people I trust and love and I know you see me and are committed to understanding me and so I like want to talk about this thing like and whoever responds like 
that's who has like the capacity to make space for it at the moment. I don't necessarily feel like it's like a bad thing. I do think that there are instances where um, it's not necessarily kind to ourselves to like cast a net out into the open instead of going reaching out to someone directly. But like, especially when you feel like you don't know who is going to like make space for you and you are maybe like, I, I wouldn't say worried about being a burden, but you just like, you don't, you don't know who to reach out to. Yeah. It is kind of a way to say, Hey, I need attention. Yeah. I need some like care and see who has the capacity to like provide that now. But it is also kind of a way to evade that vulnerability of going directly to someone because it is that fear of like, Oh, what if I, tell this person I'm having a hard time and I need support and they don't have capacity or they don't respond and then having to deal with not only your hard feelings but the rejection or the perceived rejection of someone not responding and so like posting through it on Twitter or TikTok or Instagram or wherever is a way to say hey I need attention I'm struggling and like seeing who responds but then sometimes that that like just makes you more vulnerable because like maybe there is someone specific that you yeah want to talk to or something specific that you need but you're not asking for it even though you're kind of providing yourself the illusion that you're asking for it yeah I I think that's more what I meant is that like like when I said I wish people would text me I think that like sometimes I like don't when I know that I am putting out a bid for connection in that way, it is usually because I'm operating from a place of fear. And like, yeah, me, like I, I have a really difficult time. Um, I think maybe opposite. <laughs> I think I have done the complete opposite of maybe what you're working through right now in, in the sense of like over intellectualizing your, your feelings where I think, excuse me, where I think that like, I have tried to reject the intellectualization of my feelings so much that like, I need a sounding board to actually like, work out like, what, like, I, I, I cannot identify, not that I necessarily need to all the time. But I, I don't know, there's just like, sometimes I'm having just such a bad feeling, and I can't work it out. Like, I, I, even when I've sat in it, like, I'm just like, I, I feel like I don't know what is happening in my body and I need a sounding board to help me reconnect with myself. Like that is a thing I think I have. You need need to co-regulate. Yeah. And I have exactly that. And I, I do not know how to ask for that a lot of the time. Mm. And and because we both grew up, I have the same thing because we both grew up in situations where there either wasn't anyone or the person who we were supposed to be able to go to for that support was either not going to be able to give us that support or would give us like the opposite of that support. And then we would feel worse. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I often, and I, and I'm sure that like, I know that we're not alone in this. Like, I think like, the internet has become such a place for us to try to like kind of cast out these bids of connection and feel connected because it is, especially in like this pen in the, during the pandemic and in everything that's been going on, it is just a lot 
harder, I think, to to connect and to have that co-regulation because especially like, I, I mean, I do think that a lot of us are just operating from such a deficit in terms of energy in spoons. And so it's like, yeah. So then that's the thing I've been talking with my therapist a lot is just like, we are all operating at a deficit and like, it is harder and harder to, to, to replenish and, and, and so obviously like a big thing to replenish ourselves is through that connection, but it is But difficult. it's like quick dopamine hits from posting yeah. online, getting the like, or getting the fire reaction on Instagram mm-hmm. or getting the comment on TikTok or whatever. Something that I've stopped doing so much, although I did like kind of do it the other day, but I kind of like, I feel like it was like different. Like I didn't do it quite for the same reasons, but something that I used to do a lot is that I would be having a really difficult day. And I would like, because I know that I have like 19,000 followers here or 18,000 followers on this platform or whatever, posting and being like, Hey, I just like, I'm having a really hard time. Can someone, if you like care about me or you like me, can you tell me like the things that you like about me? And I don't think that's bad necessarily, but It didn't actually most of the time fill the void that I was like looking to fill or like help me with a thing I needed help with. And now in order to practice like actual vulnerability, I will be like, okay, I'm having this really hard feeling and I need to talk to someone who actually knows me. Mm -hmm. And I'll like call my close friend like Siobhan or I'll like text my friend Turner or um, all, or I'll like, you know, or I'll text my aunt or like someone who I know really knows me, really sees me and actually like wants to sit with me or hold me through this thing. And it will be really sincere. And I'm actually going to like have my cup filled a little bit, at least the way that I am like actually looking for instead of like kind of reaching out for like false connections. And it's not that the things that like the, all those random little gay people in my phone say (laughs) doesn't matter. It does matter. And it does mean a lot to me, but in those moments, what I'm actually looking for is, is like, is co-regulation validation and being seen by people who really see me. And when I go online for that to a bunch of thousands of strangers who don't actually know me and might be right when they say wonderful things about me. Like that's not actually like what I need. And it's just giving a very false sense of, of like getting something. And it's so momentary and social media and the internet encourage us to like go for those quick dopamine hits over calling, you know, my aunt who's going to give me an hour long pep talk and knows the specific things I've gone through and knows the context of my life. But that is so much more vulnerable. It's like social media is like the anti-vulnerability tool and we're trying to turn it into the vulnerability tool. And will it ever be that? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I think it really just like invites a reflection of like anyone who is on the internet to just like take a beat and be like, is this a moment where I am being transparent or is this a moment where I'm being vulnerable? And like, is there a way 
to where I can like go deeper than just the like surface level that the internet offers. And like, yes, that is so tender and so like, I don't know. I would also say, I think it's a good first step. I think that it's like, there is no, you know, healing's not linear and figuring out how to be vulnerable is not linear, but it's like, it's a, it can be a good first step to like, you know, post something really like hard online. But I think that if you like stop there, you're like doing yourself a disservice and you're doing the people who care about you or could have the opportunity to care about you in a more vulnerable, connected way, a disservice. By like not giving yourselves the opportunity to like reach out and create that connection. And it could be as simple as like DMing someone that you know has a shared experience and being like, hey, I'm like really dealing with something hard. And I know you've talked about this before. Would you have the capacity to like talk through this or doing that with a friend? But it's like just taking that first step to like reach out to someone instead of throwing your feelings online in a way that might be misinterpreted, might cause more shame, might not give you what you're like looking for. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I think too, like I, the thing I was thinking about in in that moment was like, just before you put a hate comment, like what, you know, I think in a lot of ways, it's a different bid for connection. It comes from a different place. But like, I think ultimately a hate comment is a bid for connection and whether that be, and and so I think again, like, (laughs) you know, I, I, yeah, I think all of these things apply to like a lot of, well, you're all of, all of this behavior is humans trying to find our in group. Yeah. Literally it's all like evolutionary shit. We are always just trying to find belonging and trying to like find people who think similar things as we do. So I do think that you're right, that it's a bid for connection in like a really fucked up, twisted way. (laughs) But it's like, we've all been taught kind of to handle our feelings this way. And that like, yeah, whatever I am who I am, I'm just going to throw this like nasty thing at someone because I can. And it's like, we need each other and we need connection as the actual connection and community as the antidote to like no longer feeling like that's the way out of the maze of our feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about soup to me is like oh. sexting me. <laughs> like <laughs> you describe a soup that you made or a dish that you cooked. Sex. That is a sext. That is you. That is that is foreplay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find us on feelingsouppod.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at feelingsouppod. You can also support us on Patreon by going to our website. We really appreciate your support. You can find me, Sam Slupski, on Instagram at theyaresam, on Twitter at celery sliced, and on TikTok at sam double underscore ham. I have a lot of handles. We deal with it. We do deal with it. And you can find me, Ellie Bell, wherever you can find people on the internet, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, 
at literally. It's like literally, but with my name, E-L-L-Y. Um, and uh, the Feeling Soup theme song was uh, written by me, Ellie Bell, and Mal Blum, and performed by Mal Blum. And the logo uh, and our art was created by Sarah Day, who you can find at Sarah Day Arts. Thanks so much for listening.